Hi there, and welcome back to the rec room. Today, Colin, what do we got? Uh, so today, we're going to be asking the age-old question and figuring out the answer. Are the Star Wars prequels actually that bad? Joining us today, we have special guest, John Boy. John, hey, welcome how's to the going? show. Uh, how's it going? We're just going to jump right into it. So starting off, I just want to say, and it's a common observation, nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. This is absolutely true. I think everybody can agree on that. But my take, I don't know about you guys, my take, the prequels aren't that bad. I mean, they're better than the sequels. Anything's better than the sequels. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't can't go wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, like, episode one, at least to me, is my least favorite. Like, even, even though The Phantom Menace had had... It, it kind of, I would say, it modernized Star Wars. It brought CGI into the play and... It just brought it to a new generation. Like I know we grew up mostly on the prequels. Yeah. Like I remember going to theaters and seeing Attack of the Clones, Intervention of Sith. I think I was just born when Phantom Menace came out. No, when did Phantom Menace come out? Ninety nine, I believe. Oh no, no, no. okay. One. So I was, I was two, time. Yeah, I think uh, the first one that I remember, I actually, the first Star Wars movie I went to uh, the theater to see was actually Episode 7. Um, I remember, the earliest I remember watching was uh, Episode 3 uh, years ago, but I ended up eventually watching them in order. Um, but yeah, that was uh, the, the earliest I remember watching was Episode 3. I mean, Jay's, what, what about you? What was your first one? My first one? Probably the fourth one, which technically is like the first one, but I mean, New Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is the first one. Actually. New Hope was my first one, and I think I actually went through the entire like main first trilogy first. But do you have any bad memories of the first movies? I mean, so like generally speaking, I'm more of a, like an outside looking in perspective. I'm not a huge fan of Star Wars like these two. Um, <laughs> I did watch it. I did watch it. I still like it, but. I mean, like, I'll fall asleep during the first one. I, I'm not a fan of the first one. Jeez. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it's also, like, two hours long. Now It is a long-ass <clears> movie, <throat> isn't I, it? I, don't, um, I think Actually, all they're all about two and a half, three hours long. I will say with, like, the third one and the second one, I guess you don't feel it as much. But, I mean, like, the third one's got a bunch of stuff happening. It's definitely it. a lot more engaging, the second yeah. and third. There's yeah. a lot more action. Yeah. To where the second one, you're also dug in. The reason that a lot of people don't like episode <clears> one is because there's a lot of world-building that uh, a lot of people discuss that as politics, um, but I believe that uh, that it's, it's it's just world building. Yeah, but politics played a key role in that part of the Star Wars universe and it's at that point in time. Integral to setting up episode four, five, and six. I mean, yeah, and even the Clone Wars. It's setting up pretty much the entire basis of what we know as, well, the rest of the universe. Exactly. So, so let, let's, let's get into to episode one. So the, the thing that sticks out to me up until through, 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 through the majority of the movie up until the Battle of Naboo I really didn't see too much of a problem with the movie itself at least to me um, unless you, I, I'm going to throw it out there pod racing is still to this day one of the coolest things I've ever seen on TV oh yeah it's, it was pretty yeah. so if I if I could do if, I, if we had a pod racing derby instead of the Kentucky Derby <laughs> I'd be all over that man it's like stock racing but in space but way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, also, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> Darth Maul. Let's be real. The writing in the first movie 
leaves something to be desired. Yeah, there was... Well, I mean, to be fair, I feel like that was more or less... Because, like, if you notice with, like, the older ones, it was more or less, like, they knew what they were going for. Whereas, like, with the modern take, it felt like they were trying to make it a little more comical. Like, maybe a little bit more, like... Geared towards children. Yeah, gearing towards, like, the younger yeah. generation, I feel like. Like, they were trying to be hip. Well, Star Wars <laughs> in general, the they're not really a movie franchise. They're a toy franchise. Um, their whole goal, uh, and especially uh, going back to episode one, two, and three, they were primarily geared, focused towards um, selling toys to children. I'm the guy who told everybody, hey, make sure your phone's on vibrate. And this my fucking guy. phone was <laughs> <This> on vibrate. <laughs> It's kind of interesting. I never knew that about them because, like, I've known they've had like books and stuff written. Because I thought it was originally like there was the there was the three movies and then like books just sprouted out and then it became what we know today. I didn't actually know about the toys. Yes. Um. So and that gets kind of into legends too. A lot <laughs> of the books are no longer canon, thanks Disney. Um, <laughs> but yeah, most of the books that you read that came out before are the Disney ownership are no longer canon they brought a few of them back in uh but for the most part they're not canon dang i i don't know i i can't say that i want to argue the point that star wars isn't a toy franchise and it's way more than that but i know i can't because <laughs> i'm a 24 i'm a 24 year old adult who buys fucking star wars toys say, you buy <laughs> lightsabers, i have figures. lightsabers and shit well like, if you think about it they make way more money on merchandising than they do the actual movies themselves the the toys last years and years and years to where you only buy tickets to the theaters for a, a month yeah yeah i can see that but i mean the movies have their own i mean i mean they also the movies still are relevant Oh, Even absolutely. I'm not saying out. they're not. I mean, here's the thing, though. The reason why I kind of get what John's saying, though, is, like, if you're buying all of the toys and the lightsabers and stuff, you've probably already picked up the movies, first of all. One would think. Of course. I, like, I would assume. I, I don't think them. I don't think anybody who goes to the store who's never seen Star Wars is like, oh, my God, a lightsaber. We'll buy that. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. I could be wrong. Could be that kid that just walks up and starts beating the shit out of everything. Yeah, yeah. You, you could be that kid that okay. takes one of those little plastic <laughs> extendable lightsabers and just beats the fuck out of the other kids in the toy aisle. I used to do that with my cousin. He and I used to always get those build a lightsaber kits. And uh, we, yeah, those were broken before that uh, the day was up. So go, going back to the movies, what about the Gungans? Jar Jar Binks is a character that should never, ever have existed. Now, don't get me wrong, though. His actor, spectacular job with what he had. Acting. Yeah, I spectacular hate job. Hate his fucking character. His story is so sad. So I don't know if you guys know this, but the actor that played as Jar Jar Binks um, was almost driven to uh, to suicide because of his position in Star Wars. Wasn't it the same with uh, Kid Anakin's actor, too? Yes. Uh, not near as bad, but he never had any major roles again because of this role. And I think that's ridiculous. So it's a little bit different for Anakin because he was actually there. But the guy that played Jar Jar never actually, we never saw him on screen. Uh, it was all CG, which um, I do want to come back to CG here in a minute. Um, that's a big talking point I want to talk about here in a minute. But um, yeah, he was all CG. And the the fact that, and this goes back to where you, what you said a minute ago, Colin, the most toxic uh, fans are Star Wars fans. And uh, the, the people that hate Star Wars the most are more, uh, all Star Wars fans. Um, because, like I said, you never saw the guy on screen, and they harassed him so bad that it, it caused issues in his personal life. Dang. That's a little fucked. 
It is. It definitely is. That that's major fucked. But my point still stands that his character never should have existed. Um, he wasn't even like a goofy character. I don't know if this was on the part of the writing or not. But he's just not a likable character. I think they tried to make him one. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. It was geared towards like kids, but he wasn't even like. He wasn't even funny. I can only imagine how many people are screaming at us because they love Jar Jar. If you love Jar Jar, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Reevaluate your life. Well, like the thing is too, like um, a lot of people didn't like Jar Jar when it first came out, but a lot of people are starting. It's starting to grow on them. Um, that with the pre, that's actually the uh, the whole trilogy in itself. At the time, uh, I think the general census was that they felt the same way about that trilogy that we do about this recent one um i hope over time this recent one doesn't grow in popularity because fuck disney but uh, i think that's how it was like um it was mostly people that grew up in the 70s watching the original three trilo- three movies and they they pretty much said that they screwed up this trilogy uh and deviated way too far from the 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 so, so, so wait, 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 hold up, hold up. What's what up? you're telling me is that we're Star Wars boomers? We're future boomers, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> well, time to end the podcast. The jig is up. Thank you guys. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's talk about um let's talk about the lightsaber duels in the first in the in the prequels though. Can we get the one with Maul and Quiet? Spectacular lightsaber duel meant a whole lot, actually. But this isn't an analysis. <laughs> this is an opinion piece. <laughs> we could talk about that all day long. Just that duel would be an entire podcast episode. Oh, yeah. But again, <laughs> we're here for other reasons today. But, I mean, the lightsaber choreography, fantastic. And it was all... Um... Oh, shit, what's his name? Uh, Ray Park. Uh, Ray Park was uh, he played Darth Maul when he was not talking. Uh, the scenes that you saw uh, Darth Maul talking, it wasn't Ray Park, but everything else was. Um, he chore- uh, he was a choreographer for all the fight scenes in that Darth Maul was involved in, and also of course he played Darth Maul. So uh, and another great thing too was in those fights. Um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon did not have uh, stuntmen, uh, everything, and, and until they got to like the jumps. All the jumps and high action stuff was done by stuntmen, but everything saber-wise was learned by Ewan McGregor and uh, Liam Neeson. Hmm. I know, like, at least from what I remember of the movies, it definitely seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of wasted movement, how like you'll notice in like, a lot of the fantasy fights where Got all these twirls and flips. Oh, and we're gonna, yeah, that yeah. That's a good. Three. That's a good point. Yeah, we're gonna get to that in episode three. Oh, I know. I'll come back. It it's definitely there, but at least with this first one, like I gotta give it credit where credits due. The mall fights, it I enjoyed. Excellent. I think that was the best yeah. fight in every movie. What about what about John? You you wanted to talk about CGI? Okay, so with CGI, <laughs> um, I think that was one of the big pitfalls for this trilogy, um, to where in episode four, five, and six. Uh, they were limited to due to the technology that they had at the time. So most of what you saw, uh, granted, before George Lucas decided to uh, update everything later on, uh, it was all practical. Um, 
they, they the scenery was real um a lot of the times your props were real uh you can actually even go back during the darth vader and obi-wan scene and you could actually see the the power cable that was connected to obi-wan's lightsaber going up through his sleeve um <laughs> so everything was practical and it, it made it feel like you were actually there um going back to this trilogy they um this was kind of like the the birth years of modern cg and george lucas i think doubled down on uh that technology a little too much um and actually i I was listening to a uh uh, ewan mcgregor talking and uh he was actually a uh, podcast that he was talking on with um uh, the guy that plays this Mandalorian, um, what's his name? Pedro Pascal? Yeah, he's talking to Pedro. And um, he was talking about the new technology to where in uh, the Mandalorian uh, show, the they don't use like green screens or backgrounds. It's actually a, um, a moving back scene to where you can actually see it uh, off camera. So instead of just reacting blindly to a, a, a to nothing they actually have the scenery on set that they're reacting to and they're able to use placement for um and obi-wan and ewan mcgregor had commented on that he's like you know back when we were doing the prequels it was either all on a green the entire set was a green screen or a blue screen and uh that was something that they had to deal with um because it kind of brought them out of the scene um that they were dealing with you know kind of also to the actor's credit of the prequel trilogies, reacting to everything on a green screen like that, at least in my opinion, um, really shows how good of actors they are. Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, you, you don't have anything to base it off of. There's like, oh my God, it's aliens coming at you. And you just gotta be like, oh, oh shit, ah, you know? You can't actually see anything. You don't have anything to react to. You just gotta do your best judgment on that shit. At least with like the original ones like everyone's there you're all on set you know the theme that the environment it's all there and you're ready the character is already there you just need to be in the spot exactly mm. now i don't think the cgi was entirely a bad thing though see what my problem with you, the you, CG... could, you couldn't pull off some of the things like we're jumping i'm jumping a little ahead here and saying like mustafar for example in episode three you couldn't pull that off. Oh no! Without CG, you'd have to jump in a There's volcano. No <laughs> way. So, in my opinion, the CG isn't bad. Is it excessive at times? Yes, but in accordance with the Phantom Menace, for the time for 1999, that's some badass CG. Oh, I do want to talk about uh, the. We go back to the pod racing scene. All of the stadium scenes that it pans through are real. Yeah, they were uh, they mini were, sets. It was or whatever. a set. Yeah. Yes, they were. I think uh, I don't know the actual scale, but it was they were small, and I, I can't remember what they were made of. But all of the the people were uh, like little. I don't remember what they were, they were made of, but they were real. Everything on that set was real, and it would pan through. They got real little people. They got real little stands. people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> real little people. They shrunk people down. But let's let's look at episode two. <clears throat> I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but I mean that's. There's just so much. <laughs> so much. There's stuff. so much shit to cover, and we've only got an hour to do it. So, so bear with us here. <laughs> um, moving on to episode two, it starts off with a jihad attack, <laughs> um, and I think that that whole uh, scene right there, in my opinion, was kind of cringe. 
not not the scene itself, not like the 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 concept of the scene because it plays an important role in the story. The acting in the scene was super cringy. I don't like Padme's like bodyguard captain or whatever. I, I think he's got this weird like I, I don't know. It gives off a weird vibe to me. The actor is trash. Uh, her decoy actor, super trash. Well, like she was doing her part. Um, she was supposed to be this delegate that was super uptight, and it, she wasn't supposed to raise any red flags that she was not the the real. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But it's still a, the line delivery is just awful. Well, I mean, that's like early two thousands writing. A lot of it was not not great. Let, let's all be real. George Lucas, awful writer. <laughs> Love the world he created. Yeah, but... but the dude can't write for shit. Please don't sue me or anything if you ever hear this, George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know it anymore. It's Disney. Please don't sue me, Disney. Yeah, Disney would be scarier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Really trying to end the show before it starts, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, gonna, we're just seeing how far we can go. <laughs> Can I talk about the dynamic between uh, Anakin and Padme where he's just like, I've dreamed about you for forever. <laughs> and I like them in the field. How does she not age is my question. <laughs> like he grows 10 years, but she doesn't look a sec- like a minute older. Well, I mean, you got, you got, what, what's, that, what's that one chick from Friends? She's like 50 and she looks like 25. Oh, yeah. so, um, you know who I'm talking about? The blonde chick? Yeah. I can't remember her name I, now. But, like, yeah, maybe, I looked I at a picture. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer yep. Aniston yeah, 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 yeah. Like half of the actors in that show didn't age. Well, I mean, <laughs> and, but uh, he's got a point. Padme, like, doesn't really change too much. And then you have Anakin who grew up to be this awkward celibate monk. Um, which, in his defense, is why his lines and shit are delivered so awkwardly. Exactly. Okay, it so... makes sense. People shit on <laughs> on Anakin for having bad lines and you know being kind of cringy. Can you blame the guy? He's been raised by fucking monk, crazy warrior, <laughs> space wizards for the past <laughs> ten years. Let me. Give he you... hasn't had any interaction with a female. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let me let me give you my two cent, two cents about Anakin. So, and also uh, the actor Hayden Christensen as well. Um, I don't think he, I'm just going to jump out there. I don't think he, he could have been casted any better. I agree. Oh, no. And so, like uh, like Colin said, so he was taken from a young age, and it was actually too old, just like Obi-Wan and Anakin, or and, uh, Yoda had said. Uh, he was too old, and he had already formed connections, which is undesirable for these Jedi cultists. Um so they um, they took him from his home. He lost his mother, and they never taught him how to. They, all they told him was that they uh, he had to suppress his feelings. Emotions bad. Emotions are bad, and you know how difficult that is for a small child in that development time, especially one that had already grown development uh, uh, emotional development before he was told that that was bad. Uh, this is all just tor- pointing towards the. Uh, Jedi or occult uh, <laughs> facts, but uh, no, um, like I said, uh, I don't think they could have done any better with him because, like Colin said, he was forced to have zero emotion, and he was already. What am I trying to think here? I lost train of thought. He, uh, huh? 
damn it john yeah my bad he uh so he was in love with this girl before and then they told him that's a bad thing and they told him to suppress this emotion and then seeing her again brought it back and it's so difficult for a kid growing up being told that there's you're not supposed to have these feelings but you do, and you're told that you're wrong for having them. And then can we look at how Padme just friend-zoned him right off the bat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big ouch. And then just, My well, goodness, you've grown! If you think about it, later on, she just kind of cradle robs, in a sense, so... She really does. <laughs> but it is really cool, like... Because, you know, again, more of the outside-looking-in perspective, like... A lot of people are just going to see this as like, Oh, that's just really cringy writing. It's not all that great. But then, you know... But yeah, you, you look, it more, you really get to see that yeah, other side you, of it. You look at it, you look at it in a deeper perspective, and actually look into the characters, and you see it's like, oh, it makes sense. It oh, makes sense that Anakin's a, a cringy little Reddit user. <laughs> <laughs> and then look at look at one of my favorite things that I think is really on display in Episode Two is the dynamic between Anakin and Obi Wan. Yeah, you know it, it's. In the first movie, you have Obi-Wan being like, oh my god, this fucking kid. Yeah, I don't to... want this kid. He, he even said that, he's like, why are we bringing this on again? Right, and it's now more, I don't even want to say it's like a master and apprentice relationship. Yeah, like it's a it's brothership. More, yeah, it's a big brother, little brother relationship. And now you can tell that like <clears throat> Obi-Wan actually works with him too when it comes to his emotions and things like that like he was Obi-Wan... more sensitive to his emotion than other masters would have been right which is crazy because obi-wan is like really uptight he's well that's the thing with Obi-Wan he's too. by the books really really a, a fan of rules and stuff obi-wan lost his uh his master at a really young age and i think that's the reason that he's so sensitive towards anakin well obi-wan was what 20 something early 20s Maybe, in the first movie i'd say his youngest would be 18 because if you look at Anakin in episode 2, he's 19 years old. Yeah, he wasn't much older than Anakin. I no. know that. So, he didn't have much time for... Even then, like Qui-Gon, I don't think if he had lived to uh, raise Obi-Wan, I don't think he would have uh, instilled him that much strictness either. Right, because Qui-Gon was kind of like a loose cannon. For yeah, Jedi. exactly. And you can see that, looking back in the first episode. You know, at the end of it, Yoda's comparing Obi-Wan to becoming like Qui-Gon. Is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, look, look at oh, the the coolest thing that came out of episode two was Django Fett. Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. Okay, like you don't see him a lot on screen, but a he looks fucking cool. He's got those fucking seismic charges. Oh, the that, seismic charges that have the best sound ever produced in a film ever. Right next to the lightsaber itself. It, it's 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 so iconic. He's so iconic. He actually. If, if you ask me, is the icon of Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Not the Clone Troopers themselves. He was the Darth Maul Jango of that movie. Fett. Yeah. Even though he didn't get the chance to do anything cool, like you see him do in Legends, I mean, you, you read back in, in like the comic books and he's killing Jedi with his bare hands. Like, mm-hmm. the dude's a freaking animal. He was a Mandalore. Right. I don't and, remember if that's um, Legend or Canon, but he was a Mandalore. And then they just really didn't do him justice i forgot wasn't he the one that just kind of got yeeted out of the out of him and boba because that no, was he, boba boba oh, got boba yeeted off the uh, the barge oh that's right that's right and if you didn't watch the mandalorian a spoiler alert he survived <laughs> it's hard to miss spoilers at this point yeah right <laughs> there are people 
there are people like shit. I, I I was talking to people the other day who had never seen Dodgeball. Funny enough, I'm one of those people. <laughs> I, have, I haven't seen The Mandalorian. I think I've seen it once. You've not watched The Mandalorian? I'm not a huge Star Wars this guy. This fucking guy. Oh my god. Hey, wait, wait. You've seen Dodgeball though, right? Dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, you oh, can no, dodge no, a wrench, no, no, you can no, no, dodge a no, no, ball. I've seen that, I've seen that. Okay, okay, at least he's not completely uncultured. Hey, let, <laughs> need I remind everybody coming into this, not the Star Wars guy, Star Wars guys. <laughs> <laughs> but also looking at episode two, the Battle of Geonosis, the arena scene, to me, was really fucking dumb until all the rest of the Jedi got there. Well, it all came down to a bunch of randomness that happened to put them all in the same place. <laughs> Obi-Wan got captured, Anakin went to get Anna, uh, to Obi-Wan, and uh, they just happened to end up in the same place on this massive planet, which is kind of odd. And the droid factory scene? Very unnecessary. What do you think about uh, the C-3PO becoming a battle droid? I don't even like C-3PO. <laughs> okay? <laughs> hot take. This whole this whole goddamn episode is a hot take. Anybody who sees his house and be like, oh my god, they don't like Darwish people. Yeah, well, guess what? I don't like C3PO. R2, awesome. Love it. C3PO, at least to me, annoys the hell out of me. I mean, he gets better. He's supposed to, though. Like, he's analytical. He's supposed to keep the whole movie in line. I like Jar Jar more than C3PO. C3PO is just the dungeon master. That's all we've that's all we've surmised here. <laughs> He's the overlord pulling the strings the whole time. You thought it was Palpatine? Psych! No nope. C3PO. You know why he had his memory wiped at the end of episode three? Right there. He knew too much. <laughs> <laughs> it was for his own good. We had to stop him before his power is too great. <laughs> Darth 3PO. Oh god. Darth 3PO. It's almost bad as Darth Binks. Can you just imagine it instead of Palpatine and Windu dueling in Revenge of the Sith? It's through P.O. and Windu. Oh, Master Windu, you're here earlier than expected. I am the Senate. He just goes from moving real slow to just immediately busts out all these moves. So uh, Bust out moves like a breakdancer? Let me get this train back on the tracks here. So, <laughs> let's um, let's talk about... Um, let the thought of breakdancing C-3PO consume you. Let's talk about Anakin and Palpatine's relationship. Fantastically portrayed. And it's the, a little weird. Well, it was all a deception. Um, from the very get-go, we learned that Palpatine had learned from his master how to reproduce and save lives, um, in which he knew that that would be a problem for Anakin down the line. And he used that to uh, persuade him to his side. Eventually, to, and I don't like how they tied it into the new sequel, to become his new body. Uh, uh, we won't talk about that. Yeah. Uh, that was last, uh, very last minute. But so painful. <laughs> so, what did you guys think about their uh, relationship together? I, I thought. Palpatine and Anakin's portrayal was like I said a little weird um, in a sense for like creepy yeah creepy old man vibes but it definitely made sense for what Palpatine was trying to do Palpatine as a character is a fucking genius I mean he he had control of the entire like galaxy the entire war both sides of it he choreographed everything he made the the war happen the way he wanted and he basically discord moderator groomed Anakin 
<laughs> into into becoming his his e girl. Just told him he's the best of boys up until it was time to or e boy. Sorry, yeah. The switch. It, it, it's it's perfect. It was genius. But that that's looking forward into episode three, which we are going to get into right after the break. Welcome back. And before we get into the uh, into the third movie, we're going to touch on the in-between between episode two and episode three, which would be the Clone Wars and the, the Clone Wars movie, which was just kind of trash. But, um, but anyway, so for those who are more casual Star Wars fans, you probably don't know that there was an animated series called The Clone Wars took place in between episodes two and three. And um, infinitely better, in my opinion, than all three movies combined. Yeah. Well, Star Wars in general, it's uh, it, it's a lot better when you have more time to develop. And that's where TV shows really come in handy. Uh, especially, you've seen that with like The Mandalorian. Um, it just gives you a lot more time to do world building and understand your characters a lot more. It really does add a different perspective. When you watch The Clone Wars and then you watch Episode 3, you know, you really... You really understand the scope of the conflict because, like in the third movie, it was the tail end of it. You get a lot of mentioning of battles, but you don't see a lot of it, right? And the Clone Wars fixes that, and you, you never have to. I, I, I guess you never have to ask questions about the references anymore. Yeah, um, like, uh, which is big... which is weird because like it wasn't even you know this came out after the movies, so. Well, actually, no, I guess it's not weird. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dumb. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I really like what the Clone Wars did because it kind of took, like, a little bit, like, in my opinion, it took, like, a little bit more of a, uh, like, a less, like, I guess a little bit more risky take on it where it was, like, they were kind of just rolling with the story and just, well, I haven't seen all of Clone Wars, so I'm going to just throw that out there. But... At least what I did see of it, because like I saw the fight with like him and like the bald woman. Oh, Asajj Ventress. Yeah, like I've seen part of that, and I've seen a couple other bits where it it seemed like it it took like a different course, but it was like I shouldn't say like a different course, but like a different storytelling course. Now, did you see the 2003 Clone Wars series or the one that came out like three animated one? Tarkovsky. The 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 first one was animated by the same guy that did Samurai Jack. Yeah, which is a which is really, really cool. It's actually, like, I think it's on YouTube still. You can probably pull it up. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. I think that's the one I've seen. It's the one that was from 2003. Yeah, that, that that's a good one, for sure. Definitely. Um, there's not a lot of, like, storytelling in it. It's mostly just a bunch of action. But, I mean, yeah. still, like I said, animated by the same dude who did Samurai Jack, so it all looks super pretty. And it yeah. canonizes Shaggy, if you remember that. Shaggy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Shaggy's a Jedi. From, yeah, uh, yeah, Steven yeah. Dude. He was actually in the fucking. Uh, yeah. Grievous he, destroys him. Yeah, he gets, he's like the first person <laughs> to die, but like, <laughs> it that actually that version of of Grievous in the Clone Wars was badass. It was the best rendition of Grievous we got. Because they they hype him up to be this Jedi hunter, Jedi killer in Episode Three. He was an absolute monster, and they the the scene that I'm talking about with Shaggy, where they were all hiding underneath, I think it was either a tree or a ship. Um, they, were, where, they were in they were in the wreckage of a ship. Yes, yeah, yeah. so they, they were in the wreckage of a ship, and it was 
um, the the course of the show was a completely different genre up until this exact scene, to where it became a terror horror scene, where you're shown the the viewpoints of the trapped Jedi with this hunter that they don't understand. They could literally be anywhere, and he is. Uh, it, I just love, that's my favorite scene in that entire series. It was that scene right there because it's just, you're terrified. You're right there with the Jedi and you're you're like, where is he going to come from? Where is he going to hit us? And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? We're, we're going <laughs> to die. It, it's pure dread. I mean, they did a great job portraying that. And then you look into like the 3D animation of the Clone Wars and Grievous, yeah, he's able to definitely hold his own and kick some ass, but I mean. He's definitely he, watered down. He's a lot more watered down. You he, know, like the monster it, he used to be. Yeah, no. He's I know. more of a tactical genius than he was a monster. When, when I was looking, when I was watching through the Clone Wars, Grievous, to me, like the 3D animated Clone Wars, Grievous, to me, was more of an annoyance than anything else. Anytime Grievous came up in an episode, I was like, oh my god, here we go again. Because he never really would fight very much. He, he was, was a very of, he was a background character. He was a very hit and run character. He would do his damage and he would back off before he could take any hit there, on there his were, own. Yeah, there was never any risk to him, and I think maybe that's why I didn't like him so much. Well, that's why he was um, he was a strong strategic character uh, because he knew when it was time to strike and when it was time to uh, to book it. Yeah, I guess, but he books it a lot. <laughs> he survived. He up books until the it end. a lot in in the 3D version of the of the series, but in in the older one, in the 2003 version, he doesn't back off. Well, I mean, he just he he gets in there and you gotta he just too, tears motherfuckers up. Um, after uh, Mace Windu jacked him up, I mean, he's got to be careful now. Hey, that was the first time, and what I'm referencing is when uh, uh, he was trying to escape, and Mace Windu used Force Crush. Which we saw in uh, Mandalorian. Spoiler alert! Did the way. Um, we saw that, and um, oh yeah, I remember. Now. He well, yeah, Luke. Um, yeah, yeah. He uh, again. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so like he used that against Grievous, and it crushed his lungs. And that was the first time Grievous, after he had been augmented, uh, realized that he had a vulnerability. And I think after that is the reason we see him more uh, more likely to run than he would be to fight. It makes sense in that regard, but it's up to that point to where him being a wuss really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If he's this feared Jedi hunter, <clears throat> then why does he run away so much? You well, see what I mean? Um, there's a line in one of the old Call of Duties. It's, um, history is written by the victor. And the reason that he's got such a, um, a stigma to him is because... He leaves destruction in his wake. They don't. Nobody sees him escaping. He just sees what he left. I guess that does make a little sense. Um, and look at the look at the fucking uh, uh, the uh, Umbara arc, the best arc in the in the three D Clone Wars. Now, for those who don't know, it was this like four or five episode stretch. Each arc is three episodes. Yeah, that <laughs> three episode stretch. I could have sworn it was longer than that. Every one of them. Huh. Okay. Well, three episode stretch where the Republic attacks this planet of Umbara, the and it's this, it's this it's this really cool like ultraviolet um, DJ club style yeah <laughs> planet. Really cool. Um, and um, Anakin has to go off world for something, and his clone unit gets taken over by this other Jedi, um, who at the end of it 
ends up pitting his clones against Obi-Wan's clones say, and telling them, hey, you know, the enemy's disguised as clone troopers. And, um, you know, eventually after they fucking mow each other down for a while, they start to realize, Captain Rex, you know, what the problem is there. Captain Rex is best, best clone. Um, yeah, and that's another good thing the Clone Wars did was it really added character to the clones because you see um you see this brief stint in episode three of cody of command cody and obi-wan talking they seem pretty friendly with each other that's about the extent but you don't get any like context to it and that's what the clone wars provides is the context to a lot of these seemingly minor characters in in the clone wars cody was a huge character one of the main characters in a lot of the episodes um that's one of the big things too is um the episodes two and three really um there are a lot of tell don't show and that's mostly what the clone wars was for yeah was to bridge the gap and to show instead of tell um that's where you get most of your story based uh with clones anakin obi-wan ahsoka mainly uh she was the big one in there too um but like you were saying uh it, it, it's mainly for like Rex, Cody. You don't see as much of Cody, but um, mostly Rex. Yeah. And as we've seen throughout the, the next show. And Darth Maul, too. Darth Maul, too, yeah. Um, they they really took him from a silent protagonist into one of the best. You mean antagonist? Yeah, my bad. One of the best antagonists uh, and turned him into an actually compelling character. Yeah, for sure. I, I love the Darth Maul arcs in the Clone Wars. Um, they really added a whole lot of flavor to him. Because I didn't really care about him, truthfully, up until that point, until I saw him in the show. I, I liked him. Um, I, I agree in the same way. He was like, ooh, cool, he had a double bladed lightsaber, which, I'm mean, wrong, it was fucking sweet. But, you like, know, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, ooh! I'm a clone guy, so, like, my main episodes, like you said, were in the bars. Uh, I'm actually the exact opposite when it comes to Maul. I, uh, I, I just I don't like his arcs. I, I like the character oh, really? building, but I just I get bored. There's too much talking. Not enough yeah, stabby it's stabby. Story. It's story, yeah, but there's story. not enough stabby stabby. There's no clones and it's all stabby. There's no stabby stabby. <laughs> but you you were you were just the guy who at the beginning of the show was like, well, world building is important. And now you're shitting on the world building. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just I, I kinda got bored. I just didn't like the whole Mandalorian what? arc with him. I just I don't know. That was so good. Maybe what it's because I've only seen it. About? Maybe it's because I've only seen it once. I need to go back and rewatch it. Again. And you see Obi Wan's all love interest and shit. Like that shows another thing too with what we said earlier in the podcast, uh, where Obi Wan wasn't fully trained and uh, he had a love interest that was kind of implied with um, oh, what's her name the the uh, Satine Kreese Satine. The yeah. Queen of Mandalore. She, Duchess of Mandalore. Duchess of Mandalore. My bad. I got. I, I de deranked her. Like this fucking nerd didn't know what his, what his characters are. My bad. You guys have completely lost me. If you <laughs> feel any better. Yeah, Jace has been just sitting over here like, what? The fuck All right, well, let's get him in here. Let's yeah, so, so basically, epi- uh, the Clone Wars was awesome. Please fucking watch it. Highly recommend it. Um, but moving on to episode three, starts off with a bang, literally. Start the whole, that spaceship scene is the best. The Battle space. of Coruscant, right there, fucking awesome. It's the best uh, setup scene, uh, space scene in and, any of the movies. And, and like you got the war drums in the beginning of it, just going off, and it really sets the tone. The starfighters are amazing. The, the sounds, 
the uh, the droid. What are they called? What? The pit droid? No, not pit droids. Um, the vulture droids. Vulture droids and the uh, what are the ball? The little ball. Buzz crap. droids. Buzz droids. Yeah, there you go. Here, here's one thing that I have that really play. You really see it a lot in the beginning of the movie. You don't see it so much as it goes forward. But is the is the battle droids talking and shit like that? Yeah, you get a lot of that. And you see B twos for the first time. Quite a bit of it. Talking. Um, just seemed really unnecessary to me. Like I didn't really see a need for the B two for the super battle droids to be talking or really any of them. Truthfully, they didn't need to make sound effects. I mean, when they get slashed up by a lightsaber. To be fair, it goes to that comic relief again. So. It's comic relief, yeah. but I also it it doesn't make sense in the fact that they're supposed to be droids and they're controlled by a, a computer. Right, right, in the right. Clone that's Wars, so in the Clone Wars, they had a lot of personality, and I think that's what they were trying to connect it to. Um, they gave them more personality in the third one before the Clone Wars even came out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were kind of backtracking, but I, I think that's why they did that was they just kept them. Uh, with a personality, but like I said too, it, it, they're supposed to just be robots. I'm not against the droids having personalities. I'm just saying, like, in the context it was presented in, didn't really seem to be necessary to the story. I mean, it set up how badass R2 is. Yeah, I guess it did. Yeah, because I, I mean, in in the Clone Wars, um, B2 battle droids were terrifying. It, it took almost a whole squad of clones to take out one B2. And B2 is in Super Battle Droid. Um, and R2 took down two of them with ease. And uh, I just, I don't know. I think that's the, the reason that they, they did that was just to build upon the character of uh, characters uh, built within the, uh, the droids. And it, just show that they're not just a pawn. I'm sorry there's so much background noise. My dogs decided they wanted to start playing. Right underneath the mic. Right, yeah, right under the fucking mic. We have one dog <laughs> trying to eat another dog. <laughs> well, let's look at the fight scene between Dooku and Anakin and Obi-Wan in saving Palpatine. Well, quote-unquote, saving yeah. Palpatine. <laughs> this is all part of his master plan all along. Yoda ex machina. <laughs> but fantastic fucking lightsaber scene. The choreography on it spectacular um i didn't really like how obi-wan was just so easily tossed aside like now granted for the story i understand the importance of it dooku had to single out anakin in order to fight he knew that he couldn't take both of them at the same time so he had to dispatch with one of them as fast as he possibly could right 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 but just knowing obi-wan's character you know he's a very very, he's very strong in the force. He has a, a defensive fighting style. Remember, this is episode two, though. He's still young. It's episode three, and it was. It's just. Um, oh yeah, we're sorry for background. Oh yeah, we didn't even touch we on didn't the one talk in on episode the two. One. Oh, that's okay. what I was referencing. Yeah. Um. Real quick, then I guess we gotta talk about that battle. Then the next. Yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta we gotta backtrack a little bit. So that fight scene, stupid. I hated it. Because so Dooku we, was which like one this. Are we jumping back? Right now episode we're in episode two, two. Episode two. Dooku versus Obi Wan and Anakin. Okay. So for the viewers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and eventually Yoda. <laughs> we, we got we got way too hyped into this. Um. So it it, it was um it was stupid in my opinion because um at least now like back when I was a kid and watching it I was like oh holy shit this is badass 
and now I, and now I see it, and I know more about each of the characters and their stories and what they can do. And I'm like, this is dumb, so dumb. Because like Dooku is this is this like master duelist. He's you know one of the best lightsaber duelists that the Jedi ever produced. And Obi Wan and Anakin were supposed to be pretty good, you know, pretty Still good young, tag team there. Learning. But I mean. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan, he's already an established Jedi Knight. Yeah. You know, and he um he just kinda just got booped on the leg real quick and, and that was it. Well, like that's what I was saying, was Dooku uh, going back to what you said a second ago, he's one of the most school- skilled duelists ever, uh, produced by the Jedi, and he understood that he could not take them at the same time. So, like I said a minute ago, he had to dispatch one of them. And, he could have, but... And the... the no, he couldn't have. Yeah, not, yeah. not with Anakin's... Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, he dispatched of Obi-Wan because he knew he was going to be the biggest problem out of the two. He dispatched of Obi-Wan as quickly as he possibly could. Like, like, tactically, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Tactically, it makes sense. He got him out of the way so that he could fight one-on-one against the opponent that he knew that he would best, uh, which was Anakin. And, of course, he did because then, Anakin's young and he's arrogant. Mm-hmm. And it really shows in this fight, too, because he thought that he was going to be able to brute force his way through this fight, not understanding that Dooku he was like eight steps ahead of him the whole time. And, and then Yoda comes in and has this really, actually, really cool fight with Dooku. Yeah. From, you know, master and former apprentice. There. Like, the but, whole fight is setting up how powerful Dooku is. Right, right. And, and going back to episode three in that fight, um, you know, at the end of it, Palpatine tells... Anakin, after he cuts off Dooku's arms, go ahead and fuck kill him. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, Palpatine, you know, do it. Do it. I mean, do it. Obi-Wan was probably taken out so easy because, I mean, obviously Palpatine had to have had a hand in it in some instance because he wants Anakin alone. Yeah. That was, that was part of the plan, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, and then episode three gets knocked out again pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and episode three, though, has a lot of instances like this of Anakin doing these questionable things um, for really at the, t- at the time he believes to be possibly the right thing but you can see how morally stricken he is about it he's like yeah I'll do it but uh, I might feel a little shitty after yeah I mean to him he's just following the order of his betters that's all he knows at this point you know, he's following what, orders yeah, he, yeah. That's what he told you follow orders right right it just happens it's coming from Palpatine yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you have a lot of the slow shit going through of Padme being like, come again, I'm pregnant, and then there's their whole deal. And well, At this time, Anakin also is starting to realize that uh, the Jedi are flawed. They're not. The uh, Jedi are the bad guys, truthfully. The Jedi are the bad guys. And They're a cult. I'm going to jump ahead here um, in the interest of time a little bit and just say if Mace Windu and the rest of the Jedi weren't such dickheads to Anakin, the odds of him turning to the dark side would have been way lower. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, uh, they, they might not have they, even done it. Yeah, he might not have even done it. Just giving him the, the role on the Senate, or not the Senate, the, uh, you know. The I mean, council. In the council. He, uh, that right there is a slap in the face, and that was the biggest thing that pushed him towards the decision that he made. Right, he was, he was like, they don't appreciate me. Yeah. They don't, like, I've done so much for these guys. That's like your boss coming up to you. Yeah, hey, we want to make you an assistant manager, but we're not going to pay you the same. Right, yeah, it's the same concept. And then you have, you know, Anakin narking on Palpatine for being a Sith Lord. Yeah. Which, to be fair, there was nothing illegal about, technically. 
It's just the Jedi instead didn't like each other. So the Jedi decided to overthrow the fucking government, yeah. further saying that they're bad guys because they're a fucking cult and just don't like this other cult mm-hmm. who happens to be in charge of them. <laughs> so they just decide to overthrow the whole government and you know this duel between Palpatine and Windu after Palpatine in five seconds flat just annihilates every other Jedi in the room because it's fucking Palpatine well in the novelization <laughs> it was a lot more brutal yeah 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 but I mean that was a you know we don't can't really touch on that right now but <laughs> uh, it was a lot definitely a lot more brutal a lot more detailed um, and then you have Anakin the reason he turns to the dark side is because he thinks I do this, then Padme's gonna be safe, we're gonna have family, everything's gonna be fine. And you can say he's tell he's still at this point, when at first when he turns, he's worried about Obi-Wan yeah. and his role in all this. But as Anakin goes further into it, um, this is where I say the writing in the third movie is fucking impeccable. You know, you see him actually show emotion after slaughtering the separatist leaders, after the kids in the Jedi Temple. It's it's impeccable writing and impeccable acting yeah and and then the and then the final duel between anakin and obi-wan after anakin is at this point fully engrossed in the dark side he is darth vader at this point he's he's no longer anakin he's darth vader he chokes out padme with a you know ufc force choke (laughs) and he 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 he's consumed at this point and the acting is done so well when obi-wan and him meet on Mustafar. And you can tell that, you know, Obi-Wan's reluctant, obviously. He doesn't want to hurt his brother, but he knows he has to. Right, but he knows he has to put a stop to this guy because he's not, he's not Anakin anymore. And then you touch on the duel between like Palpatine and Yoda. Super badass. Because you got two of the most powerful forces that ever exist just going ham at each other. And the cinematography and everything about episode three, when it comes to this shit, to the action scenes, in my opinion, Order 66 especially, um, you know, when the clones turn on all the Jedi, which further implements Palpatine as a genius. Um, clones were just always going to be programmed to... Yeah, just they were always going to be programmed to follow orders. And that was one of their orders. It was a contingency order. It was an oh shit order. Yeah. And there were sixty six was not the only one. <laughs> the uh, sixty there like actually one of them they had was sixty five, and that was in case Palpatine had been the one to uh, betray the uh, the Republic. And if you look at it though, like Palpatine, in all honesty, wasn't necessarily in the sense of like a government figure. Like yeah, he was a villain, but in the sense of his job as Chancellor, wasn't doing the wrong thing, it executing Order sixty six. Legally, he had every right to do that. So literally, this fucking cult just tried to just tried to murder me because I'm a Sith Lord. That's they, it. They don't have to know about that last part. <laughs> yeah, nobody has to know about that. But this cult tried to murder me. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, in the if you look at that. Um... And like, if you were looking at the news and that was the headline, you'd absolutely think, "Oh my God, what are the Jedi doing?" Yeah. Oh, did these guys suck? Why like, are they going after our leader? Right. And, and that, that that I don't know. It's just the third movie to me is just a, a masterpiece of cinema. The first movie and the second movies, eh, <laughs> they're okay. They got their moments. Um, but episode three probably next to Empire Strikes Back the best Star Wars movie 
Definitely. Between like uh, Obi-Wan and General Grievous and Obi-Wan and Anakin. The Obi-Wan General Grievous fight wasn't that great, which is why I didn't mention it personally. Well, like, um, if you're watching the scene where he first, like, ignites all four lightsabers, that is incredible. You cannot beat that as far as, like, cinematic gold. It is pretty cool. Um, but, I mean, the fight itself was pretty... Very, very quick. It, well, it's you know, it quick didn't... in the same sense that... And you and I have talked about this before in Rebels with uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Darth Maul. At, I, it's at symbolic, I guess. It... it it's not about the fight itself. It's more so about the inner fight going on. Right. And let, let's touch on, though, the ending to episode three. Real quick. You have Padme, who dies of being sad. <laughs> dies of being sad. <laughs> that happened. Yeah, she has the big sad. And then you have Anakin, who is now Darth Vader, who to me does the cringiest line ever. More cringy than I don't like sand. <laughs> I don't like sand. It gets everywhere. Uh, more cringy than I don't like sand. And that's the whole no deal when he turns into Darth Vader. Palpatine's like, "Hey man, you killed your you killed your girl." So let me. So uh, it, it's just shut it's, bucko. You killed everybody. Man, darn. You did a thing. <laughs> so let me explain. Actually, I have a theory on that. I don't know if it's true or not, and I probably never uh, get an explanation on it. But the, the reason that he said no, um, Vader Snoke. Vader Snoke. <laughs> no. uh, so. Vader's suit is programmed because his throat was scorched in the uh, the flames. He can't really talk, so the computer in his uh, suit is programmed to read his thoughts before he says it. And essentially, the reason that he said no... He had the volume up too loud? He didn't have the volume up too loud. <laughs> but the central computer didn't understand what he was saying because he didn't say anything. He screamed. After Palpatine had told him that he was the reason that... He was the downfall to his wife and the betrayal of the Jedi. He was overwhelmed with emotion and just screamed. And the computer didn't understand that, so it translated it to no. You know, that's a, actually a pretty good theory. <laughs> well, the mistakes in the heat of passion, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that pretty much wraps it up, though. I mean, there's certainly a lot we didn't touch on. But I think we got the main points. And I think we've answered the question. At least, I think we can. Were they? We can like in a consensus. I think generally agree. They weren't that bad, truthfully. I mean, CGI might have been a little rough at times. Yeah. Overarching, you know, it it got better. In yeah, episode yeah. Three. But generally speaking, it they was focused on it a little too heavily at the beginning because that was the new thing. Yeah. yeah they wanted they, to show, hey, we've got this new technology. But, we're going to use it. But generally, it, they were they were good movies. Yeah, definitely. And Story you can was solid. Yeah, and you can you can hang us all later, um, but outside of that, I, I think we have answered the age-old question of if these movies are actually bad, and the answer was no. Are they questionable at times? For sure. Um, George Lucas can't write where the shit we've established that, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that I think that's that's the uh, the final say on it. This word is law. This is gospel. <laughs> but guys I think that'll do it thank you so much for letting us be part of your day um, we're going to be up on actually more platforms this time because we don't have a song to feature today so we're going to be on Apple Podcasts Spotify a lot of other places <laughs> check us out where you get your check podcast. us out wherever you get your podcast every other yeah. Friday every other Friday and we do have something cooking for um, in between episodes every other week as well and we will keep you guys updated on our Instagram and our Twitter. Instagram 
at the Rec Room Show, Twitter, the Rec Room Pod. And John, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, really be sure to go follow this guy on Instagram at Deathback Collectibles. He does custom action figures, stuff like that. Um, I'm actually playing with one right now. He is. Yeah, he's playing playing <laughs> with one right now. Um, but again, thank you for letting us be part of your day. And uh, toodles. <laughs>